Hey guys, I'm here today with Elizabeth Pearson. She is an ex-corporate turned entrepreneur coaching people in manifestation and in business. Now, she's actually come from an amazing career helping companies like Vitamin Water, helping them get acquired, going from the grounds and then working with Coca-Cola and doing a lot of incredible stuff. So I'm super excited to hear about this journey, how that corporate side worked and then this transitionary stage and why she actually did it. So Elizabeth, excited to have you on the show. Let's, uh, let's talk brass. Great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to talk to you and hopefully I can impart a little bit of wisdom and drop a few nuggets of knowledge on your uh, listeners. Awesome. So how did this journey start? Let's get back to pre-corporate days. Did you study? Did you have any businesses growing up? I did. Um, I did not have any set businesses growing up, but I always kind of felt that entrepreneurial burn, right? Which I think you either really do or you want nothing to do with running your own business. And I always felt that I was going to be my own boss someday. So that was the big dream, right? Even growing up. Um, I did. I went to college in the middle of Missouri, right? I came from pretty humble beginnings and I studied journalism and I thought maybe that's what I want to do. You know, I think it's really funny at you know, 20 years old, we're kind of supposed to decide our whole life path, at least career wise. And so I decided to take it because it was, you know, the popular thing to do in college. And then I kind of back fell into this wonderful opportunity at vitamin water when it was very, very small. And there were only a handful of employees and they offered me an unpaid internship in Boston. So I, I flew there. I thought this will be exciting. Yada, yada, yada. I ended up loving the company, loving the brand. And even at a young age, I realized that that was a brand that didn't happen often, right? It was lightning in a bottle. And so I joined the company, moved to Chicago right after college, and I worked with them um, from beginnings, stocking coolers in 7-Eleven and wondering, why am I doing this? I just got this fantastic, expensive education, and I went to the one of the most prestigious journalism schools in the country, and I'm stocking shelves. Um, but at the same time, I knew that there was going to be something wonderfully, you know, evolving with this brand. So the brand later got acquired, as everybody knows, in one of the biggest um, acquisition deals. Quick step back there. You qualify that statement. This is something magic in a bottle. What do you mean by that? I think we all knew that there wasn't anything like vitamin water on the market. We knew that we were really on the cusp of this sort of wellness revolution and that people were looking at other sports drinks and better for you claiming drinks and starting to actually look at ingredients and realizing that maybe red dye 40 and all of this high fructose corn sugar was not good for them. So even though it was a hard sell, we had so many people tell us the label was terrible, the product would never sell, it looked generic, it looked medicinal. God love our founders, Mike Rapoli and uh, Darius Bykoff and even Rohan Oza, who's now on Shark Tank, which is so incredible to see. Um, they were the visionaries behind the brand and they stuck to their guns and they said, no, we know we have something good here. And it began to take off on the East Coast and West Coast. Of course, the Midwest was a little bit slower to adopt, but we could see it. The people who got it were the influencers. Those were the people that we knew could eventually turn the tide for the rest of the country. So in my mind, I knew I was on a bit of a rocket ship and I needed to just hang on because anybody who had stock in the company was probably gonna be pretty grateful someday. Okay, brilliant. So you really yeah. enough to get stock, stock options. Yes, awesome. yes, okay. yes. Tell me more. <laughs> Always get stock. <laughs> what's the next, what happened after that? So you, it starts growing, yeah. it has an incredible journey. 
Yeah, I ended up in one of my favorite cities in Chicago. That was an opportunity that brought me there. And then when we got acquired by Coca-Cola, they were interviewing people to take on various roles within their organization. So I had an awesome opportunity to be on the national account sales team at Coca-Cola, ultimately managing their still beverage portfolio for Walgreens, which was the biggest drug retailer at the time. So it was exciting. It was definitely, you know, a, a moment where I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I thought, well, why are they giving some 25 year old kid, you know, all of this responsibility. But the other amazing thing was that I could tell that they really had faith in me, right? If I was part of the core team that grew this brand, I think they were hoping that we could translate some of that to their existing brands like Dasani and Powerade. So it was incredible. And, and I got to work with large executive teams, which was something that I didn't get the opportunity to do at Vitamin Water. So it was incredible education, but at the same time, I felt a little restless again, right? Like when that entrepreneur itch starts coming again, it's okay, like- shifted from the small kind of entrepreneurial kind of company to yeah. this corporate systems. My immediate- Like the thing, biggest. Yeah, the, the biggest. <laughs> My immediate reaction as soon as someone says corporate and talks about systems is bureaucracy and slowness. Yes. Yes. It was, I remember I knew it was time to leave when I was in a meeting and we were discussing some programming for Smartwater, which at this time, Smartwater was very small. We had just signed Jen Aniston. I think Tom Brady was thinking about signing on, but it was still the underdog in the, um, you know, luxury water category, if you will. And I remember saying in a meeting, hey guys, why don't we use this with Susan G. Coleman, you know, or something for breast cancer. Who was and that? they were was like- Big influencer, was that mm-hmm. 50, 50 Cent? It was 50, it was yes. 50 Cent. Okay. It was Mr. Cent, yes. He was our big get. He was really the one who spurred the tipping point for the brand, um, so to speak. And, and the wonderful thing about 50 is that it was totally authentic and organic. He came to us. He was a lover of vitamin water and it just really boy. kind of, he trains yeah. And he, knows what, he, what he, he, he totally does. And that's, that was the thing about him. You know, we had the opportunity to meet him and he always said that, you know, the rap thing was like, it was a persona, right? At the end of the day, he was a businessman. He knew a good <laughs> investment when he saw one and he, he definitely, was very picky about what he put his money into and what he put into his body. So it was a wonderful marriage. Not to distract from this thing, I just love his book where he talks about the personas that he puts on. He was Curtis and he created his 50 cent yeah. persona in order to th- do it. And then at one point he's going to kill kill off this 50 cent persona and do something else. Yeah, fantastic. He's, he's very, very, very smart. And I think a lot of people have underestimated him. Anyways, moving on. So he yeah. came on board. You guys started building up this power. Did you sell yeah. Coca-Cola before bringing on new influencers or was it after? We sold to them after we had gotten quite the Rolodex of influencers. We had Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson, Brian Erlacher, who was, you know, a huge NFL get. Um, and then we had various Mets players, Tom Brady for Smartwater. So we had a pretty strong lineup. And I feel like Vitamin Water was one of the first brands to really do that. And we didn't pay any of these celebrities. Every one of them had a little piece of the pie because we knew that in order... 
Yes. In order to get them to really authentically promote the brand, they had to have skin in the game. So that was another piece of genius by our exec team to reach out to them. And it really made them partners, right? And they had a vested interest in growing the brand with us. So it was awesome. And they did lots of you know, internal events with us, which got morale up with the team and got everybody excited. So it was really fantastic. After Coca-Cola, I think some of their contracts were still in play, so they stayed on for a while. But as you can see now, most of them have dropped. Yeah. So I know, I think 50 made 150 mil or something like that is what he Nobody made. really knows, Josh. Okay, I so feel like I'm that's sure, the net. I'm sure he said it. Oh, he probably has, but you never know if that's like sure, an inflation then, yeah. or not. I know that. Burnouts, yada, yada. Yeah, I, I know that he got paid very handsomely and he, you know, obviously uh, got a huge return on his investment. But the wonderful thing about vitamin water was that there were so many team members that had stock. So. Hmm. I mean, people became millionaires overnight that worked for that company. And that was really the vision of, you know, Mike and Rohan and Darius was that they they already had money when they started. Right. And they said, I'm in the business of making millionaires. And those were these hardworking people that really lived and breathed the brand. And and they were on to something. I mean, that's how you treat your employees if you want them to go above and beyond for you. So it was an incredible experience for everybody ask you would you ever do a company like that yourself yes a hundred percent i mean i think that if like i said if you kind of have that burn or you feel like that is your purpose then it's really hard to try to ignore that so i already do i have my amazing coaching business but there are other things that i already do and i'm already looking at creating a, like a an actual product of something so that's TBD, but yes, 100%. I think if you have an idea like that, you should absolutely go for it. Okay. I'm jumping around a bit here. Let's get back to Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. You realize that yeah. it's time to move on to different pastures. Yes, what happened? I did. So after that, well, kind of different pastures. They were snack food pastures. Um, the co-founder of Vitamin Water, uh, an investor and amazing mentor, Mike Rapoli, bought the majority share of a snack brand, Pirate's Booty. So I'm not sure if you guys have had it there in Australia, but- I haven't yet, as far as I know. Well, it's super yummy. Everybody here in the U.S. has seen it. It's um, it's kind of like a cheddar popcorn without the kernel, but it was natural, non-GMO. You know, it ticked all those natural snack boxes. And this was, you know, seven years ago when we were really the first to market, right? So you're seeing a theme here, right? They're all about innovation and being first to market and really, you know, blowing the doors off. And so Mike said, hey, I know you don't love the corporate lifestyle, right? Um, why don't you come and help me build this brand to acquisition, to which I did for five years in the Midwest. And I managed 13 states and traveled my butt off and had two babies uh, during that time, which was crazy. Um, but then that company got acquired by a large manufacturer by the name of B&G Foods in Parsippany, New Jersey. So again, stayed on with B&G for a couple of years, got amazing experience, made connections, and then it was time to leave again, right? I have about a two year expiration. And then I went to, I thought maybe I'll try health and beauty. So then I found this amazing women owned and run skincare company based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia in Canada. And again, connected with 
the founder, um, Amy, Amy Risley, now is her new name. She just got married. Um, but she was amazing. And it was this wonderful tribe of women. So I went there and I ran sales in the U.S. for them there and got them into large accounts like CVS and Walmart and Costco. So it was really great. Tell me more about this corporate sales. Um, what's the process? Persistence. Persistence. I mean that you, you really have to be a bulldog. And I. So the small guys that are just starting out with the new yes, brand. Yes. Hundred percent. How do you contact them? How often do you contact them? So a lot of times I used LinkedIn. Yes. So I would search for the company right, and then just by a process of elimination, you can go through and see who the buyers are. You can do this for Whole Foods. You can do you can do this for any large company. I did it for Amazon. Um, and not only, I mean, everybody can get on Amazon, but getting FaceTime with Amazon is a little bit more tricky so that you can be privy to some of their lightning deals and things like that. But it's really just being scrappy. And the wonderful thing about, you know, the internet now is that so many people are visible that used to be totally kept behind closed doors that you never would have been able to get through before. So that's the incredible part. I have had conversations mm-hmm. with, people, with a few people, not many people, most of my circle tend to go and get it. but. You talk to people that go, they say things like, not everyone can have those connections. Like, why not? You've got the internet. Exactly. If you have an issue, find who the investor is. You don't want it bad enough. I mean, if you're not, if you're not looking for those kind of things, you, you know, everybody's got excuses, right? But what do they say? You can either have success or excuses. And I purposely put myself in high pressure situations, right? Where I was at least one, either one person away from the founder or directly reporting to the founder. And when they hire you and pay you a nice salary and you promise them the ungettable get, you better deliver. So I always loved the hunt, right? I loved getting to these people that nobody said, you're never gonna bring a small skincare brand. I mean, skincare is one of the most competitive categories. And they said, there's no way you're gonna get in CVS. We got 31 SKUs in CVS and we took over an end cap and we took it away from L'Oreal. So, and that is on relationships. It started with a LinkedIn message. Then I started sending them product, right? I think a lot of times people underestimate the power of your, your product. So I knew that the strongest thing that we had were samples. If they got a hold of this stuff that, and I could get them to try it, they would see what we saw, right? That this was an amazing skincare line and it was natural. Again, you know, you have to be ahead of the game on innovation, right? We had everything, vegan, non-GMO, all of these checks. Um, And then we had, but we didn't have very much marketing budget. You know, for the people out there who aren't able to invest a couple hundred thousand dollars in marketing, this is where scrappiness comes in. And scrappiness better than having marketing budget sometimes? A hundred percent. You know, I tell you them too both, that but for yeah. those relationships, you need to have the relationship. We got a $6 million order from CVS based on LinkedIn, sending a bunch of samples over and over and over again and Starbucks. So I flew to Woonsocket, Rhode Island to CVS headquarters. And I came in with two trays of Starbucks skinny vanilla lattes, right? Cause I'm just guessing everybody's basic and they will like that. And I taped my business card to those cups and I said, you know, here's your coffee on me because the closest Starbucks at, for CVS is about 30 minutes away. So a lot of those buyers that get in there first thing in the morning, you know, they're not, they're getting like some crappy Keurig. So here comes two, you know, trays and then sample bags, goodie bags with all of them. 
and you think somebody's not going to at least be kind enough to respond to you, they will. I mean, it's human nature, right? They were so touched. And every time I met them, I, when I first got the meeting, I sat down and I said, so I, I, I know I brought you this coffee today, but what do you actually like? And I'm like frantically typing it in my phone under the desk. And every time I came back to CVS, I had eight buyers at one point. I knew their coffee. I knew their kids' names. I knew what their husbands did. And we had coffee and a nice chat before every meeting. And it just really reinforced that strong relationship. Okay, but ask, is that a learned skill or is that something you've naturally done over No, I just think of what I would like. <laughs> no, just put in the note. Like, I do that myself. Like, yeah. If I'm talking to a friend or a girl or whatever, I'll make a little note. Yeah. Likes Yes. These flowers, likes this, whatever. Yeah. It's thoughtfulness. And I it think thoughtfulness, but very people think they people, have to do something different, but it just be just listen. Very few yeah. people will take notes out and actually just make that little mention or oh, this person does this, this person likes whiskey. Yes. Is just that something learn. a mentor taught you, or is that something you've done from like no. 16, 17, whatever? No, I just have done that because I think, I don't want to say it's because I'm a woman, but like, I think sometimes we can focus on different details. And, and for me, that was always something that I knew, I thought to myself, if I was in their shoes, what would I want? Just what would I pay attention to? And it wouldn't be a barrage of emails or emails that said, you know, just checking in with that kind of passive blase language. You can't do that either. You have to hold them accountable. You have to say what you want, get it out and be okay if you get rejected, right? But you have to put yourself out there. And so, no, nobody ever taught me that. But with vitamin water too, we knew that was the best, that was the best sales tool we had, was the product. And I've always thought that. So if you have a tangible product, I think you, you give it away freely, right? That is your marketing, is to send samples of things. And if you're doing a service-related you know, product, then you give away free content. Right. As you do here, you add value to people's lives. And this is the form of sampling that we can do in our business. Right. Now, you have mentioned it was a stressful job. You have mentioned skincare. Yeah. yeah. You have got amazing skin. I'm just noticing for those who are watching the video. Thank you. What is it's good lighting. Is it, is it skincare? <laughs> is it other stuff? Is it combination? Um, is it amazing jeans as well. No. Oh, my God. You're trying to flatter me. Um. I guess it's good skincare. You know what? I actually gave up booze about three weeks ago. I stopped drinking because this was the other thing I was finding was that when you get so bogged down with work, right, as entrepreneurs do, and I'm doing all sorts of things, the first thing that went out the door was my physical health. I could tell. I'm a runner. I had stopped running. I thought, you know what? I can just meditate later tonight, and then I would never get around to it. And then I was, you know, pouring a glass of wine every night at five o'clock. And I thought, and that was my treat was my one glass of wine at night. And I thought, this is, I got to be firing on all cylinders here. You know, I mean, when you have everything on the line, as you do being an entrepreneur, you can't be foggy in the morning, you have to be sharp. And I felt like there were just certain things that needed to fall away so that I could refocus 150% of my efforts on my business. And I think that, I mean, I feel fantastic. I don't think I'll ever go back. Like, I think early on you're always thinking, of, I can do, fix up the health later, then you realize yes, it's not gonna come. You need to do it it's, now, you need to think clear in order to work your best. Right, you don't, you don't necessarily believe that it's that linked, 
but it is. I mean, so many times in meditation, you know, I'll have my journal next to me and an idea, like the product that I'm starting came through that. The, the name of my coaching business, you know, for powerhouse women, things like that. All of that came through a meditation. So I think if you're not doing those kind of things, you're really shortchanging the intuition that can be flowing. We better jump back to the skincare because that's where we're at last in terms of this journey. Yeah. What next? What happened of that? You're getting into CVS, getting these incredible yes. deals across the line, <laughs> buying people Starbucks. Yes, I was. Um, well, the wonderful thing was that the blessing of my husband and I's situation was that we were in Chicago in the middle of one of our terrible winters. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but we had probably between 12 and 20 inches of snow on the ground. Our kids have been cooped up in the basement all day. They're climbing the walls. They went to bed and we're sitting on the couch with our glass of wine, looking at each other. And I said, I can't live here forever. Like I've got one life and I had lived in other cities before. And I, but we had kind of put roots down in Chicago. His family was there. All of my friends were there. My sister was there best friend was my neighbor. But at the same time, it was like, so this is it. I think I looked at him and I said that. And he's like, well, what do you mean? This is pretty great. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but like, it's not, it's not it. This sounds like a movie line. Right. Well, so then we started saying, where are some places we'd want to live? Right. We just started kind of brainstorming. And then California was thrown out there. And we immediately said, we could never do that. We can never afford it. It's too far away. Maybe we'll go someplace like Texas. And I was like, I don't want to go to Texas. You know, like if we're going to do it, I want to aim high. So we set it, we, you know, declared it to the universe that we would be open to moving. Two months later, his startup whiskey brand got acquired by a larger company. And he came home one day and he said, they're moving people to California. And I said, this is our time <laughs> to which he immediately looked at me and said, you weren't serious about that. And I'm like, you're damn right. I was serious. We're, we gotta, we gotta go for this, find a job out there that you could do and let's go hard for it. And he did. And two months later, we are in beautiful, sunny Southern California. I'm looking at the ocean. I have an amazing home that my kids splash in the pool, you know, and they paid for it. This is the thing Joss is like, we never would have been able to afford all that went into a cross country move. But if I really do believe that if, if you believe in your soul and you can visualize it very clearly and it feels good to you that you're on something. And if you just lean into it and become open to whatever happens and trust that it will happen at the right time, it manifests really quickly. So we came out here but now I'm very far away from CVS because CVS is in Rhode Island. My company is in Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is the farthest east point of Canada you can get. And I'm in Southern California. So I'm doing this every two weeks. And, you know, we don't have grandma to watch the kids and my husband's traveling. And I looked at him and I said, you know, we can't do this. Somebody's gotta be here in this state <laughs> at the same time because we have children, right? So he looked at me and he said, I think it's time. And I knew like I was, it was this overwhelming fear because I didn't know what it was. I knew I wanted to do my own thing, but I had no idea what that was. And I had been coaching on the side, but I never really saw it as a full-time job. Right. I, I was fearful about the money. I had money blocks. I definitely thought there was a cap on what I could make. Um, but I did it anyway. I, I left that job and stayed on amazing terms with everybody there. 
and set out to start my own coaching business. Could you give us an idea of what you're kind of making in that corporate life? Yeah, it was multiple six figures. Okay. Not close to seven, but enough that you don't want to leave it. Enough and then leave. very that's scary. So much, that's a trap. It's same as banking. I mean, you've done, like you said, you're making some decent deals then. So I'm assuming you'd be getting paid. How are you yeah. compensated? Now? In that, in, in that business. I had a salary and then I had a bonus, bonus structure. structure, but then I, I'd always negotiated equity. So I always had shares um, with any company because- so you've always been a bit entrepreneurial in the way that you structured your yeah. business, but you didn't, you weren't ready to make a leap into your own thing at that stage. Right. Okay. right. I mean, I think it's imposter syndrome. I think everybody thinks, well, it could be successful as long as somebody else is doing it. I can be the number two. You know, there's safety in partnerships, right? And so I always thought I would mitigate the risk if I, I would just go work for somebody else with the vision. But I'm a very creative person and I always had a lot of ideas. I just never, I just never gave myself enough credit to think that I could actually bring them to fruition. Okay. So the big push became your kids to say, okay, it's time to... Yeah. Well, yeah, we had to get out of there. I just, I couldn't deal with that, the, that weather. And, and not only that, like, really, like we have one life. We're just going to, we're going to be the people that like live in this house for 20 years. No, thanks. I mean, that was never what I signed up for. And my amazing husband was more used to, he grew up in a small town. Like he didn't see anything wrong with it. And I felt like, Am I crazy here? Like, am I the only one that sees this? Like, but where we were, Elmhurst, Illinois, is a gorgeous place. It's this picturesque little community, and it was fine. And I'm not dogging on anybody who. You got the bug for growth. You need to. I, you know what? I want to have multiple houses. I want to, you know, I want to be able to impact a lot of people. I want to do something great. I want to leave a legacy. And there was no way in my mind that was gonna happen there. So the wonderful thing about being in California now is I'm surrounded by my tribe. You know, these are the people, the other entrepreneurs that get me and I get them and we inspire each other and it's it's magic. So, you've decided you wanna move. You don't know what it is. How did this next thing materialize, <laughs> eventualize, whatever you want so, yes. So I had been spending a lot of time in wellness retreats over like six years leading up to this and one amazing one in Arizona in particular. And I had started to really kind of take a, a deep dive into self-help. I loved, you know, all of the Buddhist teachings. And I, I really started reading a lot of that. I read a lot of Tony Robbins. I read a lot of success books, things like that. And then, um, and then I sat in it for about three months. And I mean, in this pool of fear, doubt, uncertainty, and I almost went back. I actually interviewed with a couple of companies and thank God they didn't send me offers because I think if they would have, I would have taken them. And I would have ran back to that comfort zone because I was so freaked out because now we're living in California. We bought this million dollar home, all of this stuff, right? And then all of the sudden, you know, me as an equal financial contributor to the family is not, is no longer. Right. Hmm. So I'm spooked. It was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta make some money quickly. And I think so much of our identity is tied to that. Right. We base our worth on whatever we're contributing financially. 
or what our paycheck says. And so I really had to deal with a lot of those feelings and deal their identity based on what they do. Even if you don't say you do, it's totally big part of I do this. Yeah, exactly. Someone in most social situations. Hi, I'm X and what do you do? Yeah. And it was hard. I'll tell you what, the first family holiday where we had to go home and people would say, how's it going? What are you going to do? Are you making any money? Do you have any clients? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, inside screaming and I'm like, uh, not yet, but it's going really good. You know, total BS, right? I'm scared to death. Um, that was the hardest really. It wasn't necessarily even me. It was I didn't have that small talk story anymore, right? I didn't have any reference point as to what I was doing because that's what people were basing, at least in my mind, people were basing their value and their evaluation of me on where I was in my job, right? That's the second thing we ask people, what's your name and what do you do? And I didn't really have an answer. You know, me figuring it out was not acceptable, at least to me. but thank God, I think that's why you have to have a coach or a partner or a mentor or somebody that holds you down because my husband was a rock during this whole time and consistently said, I believe in you. I believe in this. You will figure it out and you will knock it out of the park. And so many days I wanted to stop and I, I cried. I begged him to let me off the hook. Please let me just go get a job. And he wouldn't let me do it. And thank God, because I never would be where I am now if I had given up on myself before I even had a chance to start. How do you answer that question now? Well, now I say that I love saying I'm an entrepreneur. I feel like that is a source of pride, right? Um, I love that the job I have, somebody can't apply for, you know, that I am my own boss. And I love preaching that to my daughters, right? We always tell kids they can be whatever they want. I'm showing them you can. But I tell everybody that, you know, um, I'm a career coach. And I am first and foremost. The other businesses that are coming are very different, but this is my passion. Love it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's fun. If people want to learn more and I guess, tell me about career coaching. How does it work and who do you work with? So I predominantly work with women and most of the time they're women in director level to C-suite level jobs, um, typically pretty demanding jobs. About 75% of my clients are also mothers. So... I think I'm uniquely able to help guide them because I, I've walked that walk, right? I've been down that path of trying to juggle a lot of things. Um, but they always tell me when they come to me that they feel stuck. So I tell them that that's really just their soul itching for them to take action in some area. So we work together on getting clear on what it is they're supposed to be doing, right? A lot of times we default into a career after college And then 15 years later, we blink and it's like, holy cow, I'm here. I don't really actually love this. So I work with them to get clarity on what their goals are. And then we get super tactical. So we get clear on what those goals are. And then we take massive action to get results and get them to the point where they feel joyous in their work every day. There's a distinction there with your manifestation that... Mm -hmm gets a little bit different from the fluffy side. A lot of people say, I'm going to feel it and it's all good. <laughs> all rosy, rosy yeah. faces. I think we kind of may have swept over before because you guys had already done a lot of work building up value to make someone want to take you to California, make them want mm-hmm. to make you right. have a skill that's valuable for you and your husband for 
the value to be there for them. Yeah. Tell us more about this other side. So manifestation yeah. and then. Well, as far I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, where people get tripped up and they say, I can't manifest anything or the law of attraction isn't real or it doesn't matter, you know, where I'm vibrating. It's all a bunch of, you know, hoo hoo stuff. The thing is, is that if you don't, if you don't really believe it and you don't really have clarity around it and you can't trust that somebody has a bigger plan for you, it really won't ever show up, you know? So this whole move to California and, you know, starting my own business and things like that, it's a huge trust exercise and you have to trust yourself and you have to find peace within before it can ever show up externally, at least in, in my experience. And so when I work with clients who feel powerless, right, they feel like they don't have any more options. They've gone so far down a road that they can't turn back. Even if they realize they're on the wrong road, headed the wrong direction, it's still incredibly um, scary to turn around and potentially start over. So what we work on is really showing that they're all skills are transferable, right? So when I was in beverage, they said it was going to be really hard to get into snacks. Wasn't. When I was in snacks, like you can't go from food to luxury skincare, you know, just stay in food. And that's what all the people I worked with. And you end up thinking. I'm like, well, screw that. I don't want to. I'm bored with this. I've done it. So, but when you start telling people my next job is going to be this, or I'm going to start this business, you have to speak it into reality. And I think when you do that, you make your conscious and subconscious actually begin to believe it. And then that's the trick is when you believe it, then it shows up, then it manifests. It can't just be fluffy daydreaming. You know, you have to walk the walk. You have to put yourself in place. You have to invest in yourself. A lot of people don't want to invest in mentors or seminars or coaches or things like that. But I mean, you could take twice as long to try to get in to the end result and fumble around and spend money on dumb things. Or you could just do the proven route, right? And get the help that you need and then be on your way what's the thing though you can you can always go to someone who's done it in most cases or find something that's related or some book that will yeah illuminate your path that's yeah not that crazy to think yeah. about right exactly you can start anywhere but at some point you have to take action right you can i see all of your books I've got all of these wonderful books here too. I've read all of them multiple times, but if you don't implement what they teach you and you don't, it doesn't mean anything. You can read all the books in the world, but if you can't get out of your own head and your own fear-based mentality, you're never going to be successful. Brilliant. If people want to connect with you, if they want yes. to learn more about the, your wonderful world and how they can yeah. start to I guess get a bit more clarity themselves because like I said, a lot of people are brilliant what they do, but they haven't got that clarity and yeah, aren't ready to make the sure. next step. Well, they can just check out my website. It's super easy to remember. It's elizabethpearson.com. Um, if you click on the freebie tab as well, there's some nice freebies there for your listeners. There is a money mindset cheat sheet. So it's seven money mindset hacks to release your blocks. So it's super fun. It's just different little exercises that you can do to start manifesting abundance in your life. And then if you really are looking for a business mentor or some sort of coach and you feel stuck, you can always book a call, um, apply for a breakthrough call, and we can chat about it. Love it. All right, guys. Until next time, this is The Jocelyn Show, and we have had 
Elizabeth Pearson on 